Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You are listening to the Mystery Parenthood, and uh, we do ask that you slow down, uh, especially during this Advent time, as we uh, look forward to what's coming soon. But before we get started on that, let's uh, begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and, and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Um, and Thaddeus, you're here with me. So Happy Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception to you as well. Yeah, Trey, it's a great big, to be with you. A big day. Very um, often misunderstood day. I mean, because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people don't recognize, and we need to remember that this is the conception of Mary our mother, the mother of um, Christ our Lord, and the fact that she was preserved from original sin and then kept um, from sin uh, immaculately for the entirety of her life. That's right. Uh, and uh, her spouse on earth understood that uh, very well, and, and that's kind of who we're going to focus yeah, on I, today is her, is her companion, St. Joseph. You know, we've, we've, our family for a long time has had a devotion to St. Joseph and um, we've had miracles occur. I mean, I, um, that are completely <laughs> tied to his intercession, um, primarily because we prayed so specifically about certain things and asked that it would be um, very evident that that uh, Joseph's intercession had something to do with the prayer being answered. And um, as I always joke, he is the consummate best and uh, least expensive realtor in, in, in the history of man. That's what so, they say. That's yeah. What they say. So, which is fitting because I think, I think that, um, you know, when you think about the fact that he um, is known, and I think to dive into him as a person and there's so little um, that we know about him from scripture and I don't think he's even a word is there a word even said that's captured from him? It's all I something being so. said to him. It's just a man of few words and a lot of actions mm-hmm. <laughs> that that kind of point to uh, point to what we as men are are supposed to be like and and supposed to strive for. And so um, on this day, when you know uh, we remember Mary and her. Immaculate Conception. We all. It's good to remember Joseph and what he did as the protector of of both Mary and her virginity and of um, Jesus as the Son. I mean, that's who Jesus knew as his as a father from a human standpoint. And um, correct. And that's a great place to look and to dive into. And so, anyway, I'll. Um, well, to honor him, I, I guess I'll I'll start with kind of just talking about you know some of the things that that have occurred with regard to him because I will 
I would always tell people um, to rely on his intercession. I mean, some of the greatest saints ever, St. Teresa of Avila, spoke about how powerful his intercession is. And um, I think it's always good to uh, to test that sometimes if it's if it's the right thing. So, like, I, I'll just – we had two times where we have moved since we moved here. And um, in, on both occasions we had – uh, not been looking for a house and um, somebody contacted us both times. Um, Steph and the kids had asked if it's okay if we prayed about moving, to which I said, you can, but I mean, we're not moving, not planning on moving, <laughs> which of course, you know, when it's, my, <laughs> when it's my plans, we get in the way. But on both occasions, um, following their prayers, um, somebody contacted us and said, Hey, we were thinking about y'all before we put it on the market. We'd like y'all to, to consider buying our house. Wow. Really? Yep. Twice. Yep. And, um, on both occasions, uh, now my, these are not random people. These are people that knew y'all. People that knew us. People that knew us. And both of them basically started with, "We think that God would like you to have this house." Wow. So, um, to which both occasions I said, "No, <laughs> we're not. We're not ready That's... to move. We can't afford. We can't afford the house." I said, "Well, why don't you come over and look at it?" And brought the kids over. And Steph and b- both occasions looked at it and kind of walked away saying, yeah, no. And then both of them came back and said, well, just why don't you make us an offer? And on both occasions, I said, I can't offer what it's worth. I mean, I know that it's worth more than I can offer. I'm, I'm kind of in the business a little a little bit. And um, on both occasions, they came back and said, well, just make us th- an offer. And so... I put pencil to it and said, this is the most we can afford. Um, and on both occasions, they said, that's about what we were thinking anyway, even though I know that they that they were. Uh, wow. So there was no negotiation on that. And then and the, the whole time, this is Steph and the kids are, are making these prayers to, to Yeah, the whole time St. Joseph. And we're, well, actually, when we really get St. Joseph involved was when on both occasions, we said, okay, we, we like to do it, but we weren't looking for a house. Therefore our house is not ready. <laughs> it's not up for sale. It is not prepared to sell. We don't have it listed. We don't have any in both cases called the same realtor. Right. And um, it looks lived in. You're right. It does. I mean, we had in both cases had, you know, six kids. Right. Uh, and so, and all that comes with that. Right. And still some pretty young Kids yeah, like young. That. I mean, the first time, very young. The first time would have been in 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 ninety six or seven. So the oldest would have been twelve. Oh, okay, and then yeah. The youngest would have been six. Yeah. And then, um, and then again in I guess two thousand twelve. So um, Gert, Trevor was seventeen, and the triplets were eleven. So um, anyway. So basically, we went back to them and said, "Hey, this is it." So, so I won't. In both cases, we said, "Hey, so we need some time <laughs> to get our house sold." And I'll skip to the same. Both we at that point we started using um, th- this prayer. It's from EWTN. It's a novena to Saint Joseph, and f- primarily because we wanted to honor him. Uh, we specifically, as one of our intentions at the end, said of, uh, we're asking for this much for the house to sell for this much because we have to have that much money to pay for the all these specific things. And, and then the last request was, and please make it clear that St. Joseph is the, uh, his intercession is the reason for this occurring, to make it crystal clear. So... The the first house we um, we said a prayer gave all the parameters and um, and then we uh, haven't even put the house on. They were telling us that we the realtors were telling us we needed to do something to the bathroom, and I'd actually started working on it. And I'm at a meeting, and Madison calls me, so she's nine. 
she calls like five times and I'm in a meeting and I said, Hey, this is like the fifth call. So I need to step out. And she goes, dad, you're never going to believe this. Somebody just knocked on our door. Granted, there was no sign out. There was no, nothing. It wasn't, there's nobody should have known. We hadn't talked to anybody about the fact that we were considering moving and somebody knocks on our door and says to Stephanie, Hey, um, we're we're looking for a house, and it looks uh, we heard that this house might be for sale. To which Stephanie was like, "What? How how do you know?" So, well, you, my father in law is your mailman, and your your kids. What? <laughs> yeah, is your mailman, and your kids were out playing when he was delivering mail, and he said hi to them as he's done before, and. They said, "Hey, we're moving." <laughs> and, oh, so your kids shooting, so their, kids mouths shooting off. their mouths off. Uh, I see how it being goes. Being and 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 she said, "Well, okay." She goes, "Can I come in?" She goes, "Well, I mean, I didn't know you were coming. You can come in." The lady walks through the house. She said, "This is perfect. My husband's skiing. He's out of town, and he won't be back until later. So, um, can I come back on Sunday?" And this is like a Friday or Thursday morning. I don't remember. And so she left, and Steph's like, she'll probably never come back. Well, she ca- you know, called on that Sunday and said, my husband's here. Can we come over and see the house? And she said, yes. Yeah. So the guy comes over. He goes, They go, you know, we've been, we moved into this neighborhood and had been living with, my, with our parents in this neighborhood because we wanted our kids to go to the elementary school up there in our house in Normandy or wherever. Um has not been able to sell and it finally we finally got a contract we finally got a contract on it and and I said oh that's that's amazing and so he's walking around and one of the prayers that we had said was that whoever buys this would ask for nothing to be done that they'd want it so first thing out of his mouth is he said I noticed you were working on that bathroom which I'd been told by the realtor and he goes please stop because I want to do everything to this house. I don't want you to do anything more. So that was like, okay, wow, that's crazy. And then was there a part of you that uh, felt like he said, please stop because you're not doing a very well, good job. That may have been the, that may have been the underlying. <laughs> that's tone. how I would have taken it. <laughs> but, but he said, stop. And I said, fine. So anyway, he's like, this will be perfect. You know, we'll figure out the price. But then we walked down the back porch and we were looking around and, and, uh, and I and we said, you know, this, this is really amazing. We started this novena to St. Joseph, and and he goes, well, we're, you know, we're Baptists, but you can't say anything about what I'm about to tell you. And we said, um, yeah, what? And he goes, well, I'm Baptist, but our house didn't sell for so long in Normandy that we went and bought a statue of St. Joseph, so you can't tell any of my Baptist friends or anybody, but we oh, had a contract wow. within 30 days of us, of <laughs> us buying the St. Joseph one. So I'm like going, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Did you also say, and so you're not Catholic yet, why? <laughs> right. So uh, we, we continue to tell the story. So the bottom line is on that one, the price came back exactly what we wanted. It all was exactly as per prayers. And we we moved in. Uh, we They showed up right on March 19th. No, we made the contract on March 19th. With, with the people who were buying the house and said we'd hurry as fast as we could. On We were set, scheduled to close on April 30th, and um, we did close that morning, but we had some good friends help us move, and so we were moving, and we were supposed to be in the house on April 30th. Well, by the time we got everything in, kids were to bed, and I looked at Stephanie, and I said, you know what day it is? She said, it's now that everything's in. It's May 1st. <laughs> and I said, so we contract March 19th or in moved into the house May 1st by the prayer, by a Baptist who had bought a St. Joseph one and, and, and everything that we had asked for it had happened. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's beyond. In fact, our realtor said that's impossible, Trey. That'll never happen again. Well, <laughs> and just a quick reminder, let me jump in. For those listeners who aren't picking up what Trey's laying down, May 1st is St. Joseph the Worker. That's St. Right, Joseph Joseph's the Worker. And March day. 19th is St. Joseph, husband of Mary. Yeah. And so in that short period of time from, okay, no, to we make an offer, but give us some time to do it. Wow. In six weeks from no listing, nothing, to closed on the sale, closed on the purchase, 
and actually fully moved in in a six weeks period. If you'd planned it, that would have been hard to do. <laughs> and it happened. So flash forward. So this is, that would have been like 2006, about six years, another family called and said, Hey, you want to do this? I said, no, can't afford it. Same thing. Get there. I've been through this okay. movie before. And, and so, and so the, they make an offer and make the offer. I know it's a lot less than the house is worth. They said that's perfectly fine because you'll have. Can I ask? Can I stop and ask you a question? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt your train of thought, no. but when you get that first that phone call the second time around, is not it going through your head that oh this is happening again or is this no it was again? not it did I didn't even think about it okay. honestly and in fact when he got asked me I was like oh I, I mean. No, he just make me an offer, but I, it wasn't. It didn't hit me. Okay, okay. Until, until, all these things happened afterwards. So, um, we make the offer th- that we agree to terms, and we sign a contract. and And I say it's going to take some time to move. So we go about a week or so, and I'm like, you know, it's going to take time. We haven't even listed the house. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's even be harder to sell than the other one. And uh, and he he calls. He calls me and says, hey, you know, we found a house we wanted, so we really need to try to get out of the house we're in fast. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I mean, we don't have anything. So we started the novena at that point and okay. said, okay, we need, to, we need to have the house closing, whatever. So we're, we finished the novena, and we're like, okay, we're going to put it on the market, call the same realtor again. And then we picked up the phone and realized we share a driveway with some a family at this house. We share a driveway. And so we called them and said, hey, you just FYI, we're, we're looking at moving. We're hoping to sell the house. You're going to see that's going on the market here pretty soon. And the, the people uh, go, hey, don't do it just yet. Let me go. I'll call you back. So then they call us back a, a little bit later just after this. And they say, hey, listen, my we had a family member just die and my son and daughter-in-law wanted to move closer to us and we have cash to pay. So we sat down and talked and said, we can close tomorrow if you want. So all of a sudden I called my, I called my uh, friend back what? and I said, I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, literally we can close tomorrow. And so we need to work out the thing, but we can close as soon as we have the money. Um, we don't need a loan or anything. And, and, uh, wow. so anyway, so, so I called the back and I said, okay, well, how quickly can you <laughs> buy this other house? Because <laughs> these people are wanting us to get out and they have cash. And he's like, oh man, you know, so now it's put back on the other person. Well, it all works out and we're sitting, we're sitting. Steph's like, let me take one last look. I want to see the, the house. We'll go over there. We can sign the final thing with them. Um, and we're in the house. And I began to talk and I said, Hey, what's crazy about this is that I was in this house years ago because the guy that you bought it from was a customer of mine. And the, the last thing I remember about being in that house is I came over for him to sign some documents for, for a draw on a house cause he was building his house and he was complaining that he hadn't sold, been able to sell this house. And and I, it had just happened recently that we had this. So I said, hey, y'all are Catholic. Let me send you this novena, pray this novena, and I bet you'll have somebody do it. And we sat right over there, and I pointed over over to now what's like where our little table where we eat dinner. And I said, I was sitting right there, and the wife was in the kitchen. And, and the lady that we bought the house from goes, you were that guy? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, they told us that they the, they had just finished the novena to St. Joseph. <laughs> when we showed up to buy the house after it had been on the market for like seven months. Wow. And, and that was why I looked at Stephanie and said, I mean, come on. I mean, this is beyond. So that, so wow. Joseph, Joseph, in my estimation, had been working on the house we currently live in prior to those people that we bought it from buying that house and to that because the whole chain of events occurred all in order. And so when when I say we have a devotion to St. Joseph, it's because things don't happen. That same realtor said, you you did what? 
I mean, I've, he goes, I've been a realtor for 20 years and it, I've not seen that happen once. And it's happened to you twice. And both, the, both of us said, well, you know, St. Joseph is better than you are <laughs> <laughs> at, at what you do. And so I, I would encourage everybody. And so, if, you know, if, if I glow or, or it sound enthusiastic about having a devotion to St. Joseph, you know, as I always say, don't pray for what you what you want. In both those cases, and this is part of, I think, part of understanding what God wants to answer prayers. And so what we did was we discerned because people had contacted us, because prayers had begun before, just in general, for both those moves, because Stephanie was like, we need to move because we don't have enough bathroom space in this in this house the second time. And I said, like, oh, go ahead and pray, but I just don't see how we're going to be able to sell this house or get into a house that's better. And both times they had been praying, then somebody contacted us and all these things had fallen, were falling into order except for the sale of the house that we were currently in. And so I said, look, that's a, that's a way of discerning. So it wasn't like I want to move into this house. And so I started to do it. It was more like, Hey, (laughs) this has all been brought to us. And so we're going to assume that God wants this to happen. and, And therefore, if he does, then we'll enlist St. Joseph's intercession and he'll do it. So um, in both cases he did. And the last time we did the novena prayerfully um, was, was to help find a, uh, a young lady to marry your good friend and a good young man that had been kind of a family. And now um <laughs> I mean, just, it's beyond comprehension. We finished it. They met on the day that we finished it. Um, they're married now. Um, she walked in, and we have a, this is a little bit different. Speaking of Mary, have a, Our Lady of Shenstadt mm-hmm. um, thing over our, at our other house. It was over our deal. So the first thing she walked in, she walked into our house, and she almost started crying. She's like, I've always had an evo- a devotion to Our Lady of Shenstadt. Anyway, they are now six houses from us. We're the godparents of their oldest child. And um, hmm. anyway, so St. Joseph delivers. Um, he really does. Yeah. And and and, I, and so when I speak of this, this is not um, some sort of, um, it's very concrete for me. I mean, very concrete. Because the things that happened um, could not have happened unless God was orchestrating them. That's what's fun. The kids were involved in the in that. We've always talked about this. I say pray specifically. Try to figure out what God is doing in your life and watch him at work and then kind of go with him and say, okay, well, if this is what you're doing, then I'm going to ask for the intercession of somebody as powerful as, as St. Joseph. And it will happen even if it looks like it's impossible because in both those cases, it looked utterly impossible that it was going to work out. Um even once it was all put in place because the sales of the house houses were totally orchestrated by him. But the kids heard the prayers. They saw them answered. They were specific enough that we could point to them and say, look, he delivered on each one of these. And at the end, the last one being, there's no doubt that St. Joseph was involved in the answering of those prayers, there was like the exclamation point in both of those, the Baptist with a Joe St. Joseph. That's amazing. And, and the lady going, you're the one that told them to say the novena. And that's even more amazing. So both of those are things. So I, anyway, at this time, particularly during Advent, I think it's a good time to look at him because I, because I, you know, I always wonder about, you know, how things would turn out. And I worry, you know, I shouldn't worry, but, but as all dads do, you worry about finances, what's going to happen. How's it going to, how's this going to work? Can this work? And, and what a great saint to have a devotion to, because if you think about it, like when they get called to the, for the census and this time of year, mm-hmm. he goes with a pregnant wife across rough terrain and get and get to this place and they can't and, and she's about to have the baby and she he can't find a place for them to stay other than 
a cave, a, you know, and, and where to put the baby, a, a manger, the feeding trough of, of an animal. Yep. And to think about that and to know that everything did work out, but that there was, had to have been, a, he was human. I mean, he was not sinless. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly was a saint and a great one, but he's not a whole lot different than you and you and I, other than um, he was chosen to be that, but he still had to have some level of angst or concern. I mean, I, I'm not speaking, I mean, you know, I've, I'm supposed to be taking care of this, this lady <laughs> and I can't even find a place for her to have a baby, not even a bed or a, or a midwife or anything. I mean, we're, we're going to have to go through this ourselves amidst and among animals. And, and I'm thinking, man, you think of the things I worry about. I mean, that's, uh, my concerns are relatively (laughs) compared to his minor minor. Um, so anyway, um, well, here's something really cool that I, I found, uh, in getting ready for this show. Interestingly, this appeared on the Alatea.org website at the end of November. British archaeologist confident he has found Jesus's childhood home. No way. Um, a professor at the University of Reading in the United Kingdom published a new book, The Sisters of Nazareth Convent, a Roman period Byzantine and Crusader site in central Nazareth, uh, Professor Ken Dark says it was likely St. Joseph who built the house, a stone and mortar dwelling that is partially cut into a limestone hillside. It was found in the 1880s. It's under a convent uh, that's still in operation, and it was not initially excavated professionally, but it has been uh, gradually worked over the years, over the decades. He has spent 14 years studying the site, and he says that Quote, St. Joseph would have been capable of building the house. Wow. Uh, it has become clear that whoever built the house had a very good understanding of stoneworking. So I think what's amazing about that is that not only does it, it puts a whole nother kind of layer of legitimacy on why he's associated with right. houses. He's a carpenter, yes, but the fact that he built the house that the Holy Family lived in in Which is probably, Nazareth, uh, I, really is uh, pretty astounding. I think it's I think it's really important, and I think that's the great thing about. I mean, I've said it before. My my one of my professors says, you know, to be Catholic is to be punchable, and what what that really means is that we take seriously our humanity. I mean, the the incarnation. But the reality is, is that Joseph not any different. Well, I mean different in terms of times and what he did. But I mean, in general, not different from any other father who's trying to take care of the family. You got to figure out where am I going to house my, my wife and my child? What, you know, there, there were everyday concerns. I mean, he had to go to work. He had to make a living. He had to, you know, answer to people. I mean, there, there's so many things that I think that we can learn from. He had to I'm sure change the diaper. He had to, he had to deal with the inner workings of family life. And I mean, granted, you know, probably would have been pretty, you know, with, with Mary and, and, and Jesus both being uh, sinless, (laughs) one being God. I mean, he was the least holy (laughs) of that. But I think that also points to the fact that there's a couple of points. That one is that authority by, by position is not necessarily dictated by one's holiness. There's a position That's right. that which takes seriously the structures that God's put in place. And so we have to look to our bosses and to our government and to other things and, and recognize when, when we don't have to say we only follow because somebody's holy. Sometimes we follow as long as they're not asking us to do something that would be against our conscience or whatever, that because of their position, um, Mary followed somebody who was not as holy as she was and Jesus obeyed two parents that it was a, the holiness that Mary had was directly related to the one who was all holy, who had become that. So it's kind of, 
um, I think it was St. Francis of Sales talks about discernment about what, what does God want? And, and a lot of that is based on positions of authority over you and the circumstances in which you find yourself. And so we take our humanity and where we find ourselves um, seriously. And we recognize that God's hand can even be in the midst of what may look like, I mean, just look at the, you know, he had to be born in Bethlehem by, in order to fulfill the scriptures. Yeah. Why were they in Bethlehem? That's not where they were from. They went there because they were ordered for the census by Caesar to go to Bethlehem because he was of that family. So even that helped lead to the fulfillment of who Jesus was or God was orchestrating and using somebody in power who was far from holy to make the Holy family go to where they were and Jesus to be born in that moment. So I think that's something we can learn from St. Joseph and we can learn from the Holy family is that we're, we need to take seriously our position. So fathers need to step up and be the fathers that they're called to be. Um, and recognize that they don't have to be the holiest in the family. They should be striving for holiness. But, you know, if your wife's a saint and your kids are, I mean, still your job is because you've been put in authority is to exercise that authority and do your best to strive for holiness, which is what he did. Um, he, I mean, the, the, what you do know is angels came to him <laughs> in dreams or whatever to tell him what to do. And, and his holiness is made evident or concretely in the, in the, how quickly he followed what God said. He was going to, you know, divorce, uh, Mary or leave her. Cause he didn't want to put her in shame. He was, that was going to happen. We can talk about what, why he did that. It's typically misunderstood. We won't talk about that today probably, but the bottom line is it was the dream that he had that said, no, Mary, you're meant to do this. And he woke up and did what God asked him to do. And then later it's the angel that comes and says, leave, you need to go, you need to go somewhere. And they leave to go to Egypt in the middle of the night. And, and the way that family works is under the authority of St. Joseph, you know, I, I've heard people, you know, joke and I brought about it, you know, Mary did receive a message from the angel that ended up in the incarnation, right? Um, I mean, how many other women, I said, wait a second, I mean, why wouldn't the angel come to me and tell us that we need to go? I mean, you could see that in a, in a we all need to be equal <laughs> type right. of society. And yet Mary followed the lead of the one who was, when he said, hey, let's get up we need to go um, because of his position. So God takes seriously the position of fatherhood, the position of motherhood, the position of parents. And he takes, and we have to see his hand at work, even in and amongst unholy institutions and maybe unholy men who are put in a, a position of leadership. And the, Part of the amazing thing about God is he can even use those people to help things happen the way they're supposed to happen. So, and St. Joseph, I think, is a good person. And then also his ability to accept, of all people, that when he shows up in Bethlehem with a pregnant wife, <laughs> um, he had to have the, I mean, he had to have been saying, I trust in you. <laughs> I mean, had to. So you must not want me to find a place or it must be that I'm supposed to be here. So it's kind of an acceptance, a passive acceptance. I've done everything I can, and it's apparent that it's not happening. And I think that's part of holiness as well, is trusting that God's at work mm -hmm. and that when things aren't answered the way you want them answered and you've done everything you can, a kind of a passive, you know, thy will be done. Yeah. I, I think for, for me and my own fatherhood, um, St. Joseph teaches me that, uh, I need to, I'm speaking for me. There's a lot of times where I need to say less and do more. I right. need to speak 
speak less about what should be done and and just set the right example you know be the be the right role model do the right thing and let that um, speak volumes you know there's always a tension there in with that attitude of that reality of you know actions speak louder than words with you know well preach the gospel with your words and use you know with your actions and use words if necessary because that can kind of get you into some dangerous territory right but there is real truth in the fact that your actions do speak louder than your words and and doing the right thing is is more important than than uh saying the right thing well i mean they both go together so you I was have joking. to have that that, I, that tension right and i always i've always said that people misuse that to say you don't have to say anything yeah i think what it's, i think what it says is you can't speak i know my children and my wife are super happy that this is the truth that trey can't speak all the time <laughs> so uh because i'm usually not a man of few words but but um which is not a good thing, but I, I agree with you. I could fall in the same thing, but I, what I think that means more than you don't have to say anything ever is that you can't speak all the time. <laughs> Ultimately, right. your faith and your and your actions need to align with what you're saying. Otherwise, you become a hypocrite, and somebody says, "Yeah, you don't really believe what you say." But even when they do, it has to take fruit again. To be human means that we're called to do something. I mean, we're called to be first, but then, and we're, and we're called to, you know, the, the vertical relationship with God, but that always calls us to do something. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to do something that aligns with that. And I think our children, children are one of the, some of the best at figuring out if you're a fraud or if you're real. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right there, just in the natural elements of fatherhood, you know, I have to look at myself and uh, if I'm telling the kids to uh, clean up their room, well, why don't you clean up your room, dude? Right, exactly. Put your stuff away. Why don't you put your stuff away, dude? Right. Like, I, right. you know, I have to be attentive to following through on the things that I'm Asking demanding of, of my kids. Right. Before we even get to, before you even get to the, the faith or setting that aside, just, just in being a legitimate, um, honest role model and example to your, to your children, especially your sons. Absolutely. And, and I, I think and that's I, what, you know, Joseph models that. Well, that's what, the, that's, I mean, he does, he models so well. that and he did model it. And so Jesus, a hundred percent God, but a hundred percent human, um, would have grown up with Joseph as his father figure, even though he's not, you know, He's the Holy Spirit. He's God. The Father is the Trinity. Is is his source of generation. I mean, not, that's not the right word because he's always been. But 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 from a human standpoint, he learned how to speak, how to read, how to hammer a nail or work on rock or how whatever. To, how to observe the all the dietary laws, all the laws uh, of the right to read script. I mean Torah. to whatever he whatever he learned growing up as a child, he learned from Joseph and Mary and maybe some other people, but primarily them. Mm -hmm. And a great deal of that. And I th I don't think it's speaking speaking to what you're saying, I I don't think it's um purely coincidental that we don't see Joseph saying anything. All that he did was receive information and then act. Certainly he did talk, but but you don't have any words coming out of his mouth. What you see is his reception of what does God have for me and then his quick um, response to that call. And that's what we can all learn from there. But this, we're... we're um, We've been talking, I'm, and I'm glad we did, because I think it's really important to show the concreteness of what it means to have faith. This is not some fable. This is not some purely spiritual thing. Um, faith impacts one's life. God acts in our lives, and, and he calls for us to act in cooperation with him in our lives. So there's something for us to do. And ideally, it's to follow what God's will is. That's what his, his intention is. 
we can't just sit there um, and and wait. Part of discernment, I think, is actually taking a step forward towards something and following it as as is led. So mm-hmm. somebody calls and says, hey, we want to maybe have you look at our house. I could have said no and, hey, and not done that. I walked, I met them, then we, we did the steps. They were all, is this opening up? I'll make the offer. If they say no, it's over. I mean, all the different things. That can be brought into any aspect of, of what it means to be human. When something happens, you respond, and then you wait. And that's sometimes the hardest. I mean, that prayer, the prayer time on, I don't see how this is going to work, because that was really there. But we're going to trust God, and we're going to ask for the intercession, is the way we should live our lives. But that was all with things moving forward. We weren't just sitting back and saying, we need to orchestrate all this or God needs to orchestrate all this. Cause if I hadn't taken the call or done whatever, that's the way we should walk through life. What's the next step that God's asking me to take? How should I handle this situation? How right. should, and, and to move and then God can steer as long as we're open to his steerings. Um, I, I've thought about this before and I don't mean this is a smart alecky question at all. It's a, it's a serious question. Um, your example is about praying about some pretty specific things regarding the selling and buying of a house and uh, things like that. You've given other examples before. St. Paul encourages us to, to pray constantly right. or without ceasing. But, I mean, where do, you, where do you find or give some guidance on where is the line in in what you pray about. I mean, cause for example, you can't really pray about, should I go get lunch today or should I bring lunch from right. home? So where, where is the line in praying about specific things or praying for specific answers? I, I think you take the lead by the circumstance. Well, first off, if I'm a dad, we should be praying for our children. I always say pray for prayers that you know God wants to answer yes to. And there are prayers you can know that. Right. Well, you know, or, or that he wants me to be part of the answer. So, for example, as a parent, I think to pray, I want, give us eyes to see what your plan is for our son or for our daughter. What are their gifts? Help us to notice their gifts. Help, help us to redirect. And then there's doing there. And sometimes you can impose your own on that, but then being able to see as you help them move forward. So you pray about those things. I don't think you pray, Hey, I want to live in this mansion over here. I want a million dollars because that would come your way if God, but, but take the things that he has given you and the roles he's put you in Mm -hmm. and then say, okay, within those roles, I know there's things he wants me to answer. So if I'm a banker, I know I am a banker, but <laughs> but take the profession. Well, so he wants me to make a living. He wants me to be very good at my job. He wants me to serve other people. He wants me to become holy by exercise of that. So Lord, make me holy. Lord, help me to see who I should help. Give me wisdom in making decisions. Help me to serve my bosses and those people well, but also help me to serve those who come my direction and then see God at work in the phone calls you receive as a result of that open my eyes, but don't, you know, so, and then watch as those things happen and then respond. So I'm saying you can pray for those of my, they were praying for, we want to move from the house. That's a more generic prayer. They weren't praying for something specifically, but they were saying we need somewhere else. That's an okay prayer in general. But once the door opens, then you start praying more specifically on that. So if you notice that a child maybe says they want to be a, you know, a singer or something and, or, or, you know, like athletes, you know, my, my, my old son, not my oldest, the youngest one that, he was slow and not super athletic. And, you know, I, he realized, he recognized that I felt that way about him. And he said, can I buy this to help me make faster? And, and I'll, I said, well, yeah, if you, if you do. So I just responding to that by saying, yes, I'll do that, but you have to show me that you'll use it. And then as he used it, then we kept fostering 
that. So I think most of what you pray about is, okay, help me to foster what you want me to foster in my children, in my, in my wife, in my profession. And let me see in the people that come in contact, the questions that I receive, the people who run across me, you at work in terms of leading them. When you live that way, life becomes pretty exciting. <laughs> it, when you're dreaming about something that's not part of what you do, then, then it's kind of, there's nothing wrong with that. But the reality is you have to deal with the here and now, and you have responsibilities as a husband, as a father, as a banker, or as whatever, whatever profession you're in. You have responsibilities to the people who pay that, but see God directing you through your fulfilling of that. So I think, I think most of prayer can be in general, open my eyes. But a lot of prayers he wants to answer is, is when somebody calls you out of nowhere or you come into a circumstance that you weren't expecting and say, okay, Lord, is there something you want me to do here? Is there some way you want me to respond in this situation that wasn't there? So I think that's the most appropriate way because basically what you're doing is saying God's in charge of all this, who I meet, who comes across the circumstances which I find sure, myself. Sure. Therefore... Let me pray within those he'll he'll want me to he'll want to answer within the context of that. And this other stuff, let's wait till it happens. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I can pray for it, but let's wait till that door opens. Then walk through it. Great advice. Does that make I mean Yeah. Yeah, very I think that's what Joseph does. Because mm-hmm. even because even in, in this book, I we didn't really talk about this, but I, but there's one scene in here that I hadn't really thought about. This is Rejoice by Father Mark. Rejoice, too. and this is the Advent med- Meditations with Joseph. I think Version. there's two. I think Stephanie doing one on Holy Family, maybe y'all are two. But Father Mark Toops does this one. But but he talks about the fact that there's some level of prudence. So he's in Egypt, and the angel says, okay, you go back. Well, he normally would go back to another place. He stopped in Nazareth. Why did he do that? He exercised his job. He had heard that the son of Herod was in power. Instead of going back to that, he and God allowed that wisdom, mm-hmm. and he made that call. We're going to go to Nazareth instead of back in the middle of all that. We're going to go to some podunk town and, and set up shop there, so to speak. So, again, lots of times when you're following that it didn't say that God said stop in Nazareth. It said that when he became aware of this, he stopped there or mm-hmm. went there as mm-hmm. opposed. So that shows us that sometimes God just points you a direction and says, I don't care whether you eat it wings and more, which my daughter would say that you should eat there always. God would only say wings and more. <laughs> but, or should I, you know, make something at home or whatever. Yeah. There is room for us to make to be heading down the right path that God says, I, I don't really care <laughs> what choice you make. And you have to be wise enough. Take the step, offer it to him. And if there's anything that becomes apparent that, okay, this isn't working out the way, or this isn't, then Lord, do you want me to change? But I think you, a lot of it is take a step, ask a question, lead me and go from there. But don't stay still. I mean, or don't just disengage completely your intellect and your will and your proper authority, knowing that that's the proper authority to make a decision. Cause Joseph himself did that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's the safest way. Somebody's like, you know, trying to discern what is God doing? I said, you know, you know, what does your wife think about something? Well, she's totally in support of it. I said, step one accomplished. I mean, <laughs> Your, your wife is somebody, so if she's against it, you probably ought to double check on that. But if she's behind it, that's door number one <laughs> moving forward. So we, as Catholics, by what God has revealed in and through his incarnation and the way he put himself and made himself subject to two humans, albeit one, the immaculate heart of Mary, but the other one, a man holy, but still original sin, he subjected himself to that. So if he's the way, the truth and life, then we need to subject ourselves to what role am I in? What am Mm -hmm. I supposed to do? What are my responsibilities within that role? 
mm-hmm. as, a, as a child or as a yeah, and, parent. And that also goes with our Catholic faith of if we're, if we're studying our Catholic faith and praying about how do different parts of it apply to my life. And there's, a, there's parts of it that are, you know, guidelines or hard and fast uh, rails or fences right. that kind of rule things out. But then within that, that area that's been fenced out, there's a lot of either or prudential decision making. Right. That's kind of what you're saying. And so here. make those decisions. Do the best you can. Make the decision. You can offer it to God and say, if for some, I mean, it's probably not worried about Wings and Moore versus yeah, some other place, a, but but there might be other decisions. It's an analogy. That, that you take the step, take the step and then just offer it and say, God, redirect me, shut that door, do whatever. But I'll keep walking this way, trusting that you're leading me. Yeah. So the beautiful thing about the incarnation is it takes seriously our humanity, our intellect, our will, and our recognition that we have authority and we have those under whose authority we fall. And those are all guidelines that no matter how holy or unholy those people are, God can still use them (laughs) to fulfill his goal, his desire for your life. And our happiness is our ability to accept and then move forward with that. So anyway, um, I didn't even talk about what we were talking about, but I hope, hopefully it was good. I, I, I think it was a, an adventy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not a word. <laughs> in the catechism. It As is. they say, it is now. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, we are gr- very grateful. So um, pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We always remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you guys. Happy Peace of the Immaculate Conception. Bye.